0: Welcome back to the Green Element Podcast, where we feature business leaders and innovators transforming their operations to be more environmentally and socially sustainable. I'm your host, Will Richardson, and I can't wait to meet our guest today and help you on your journey of sustainability. Chris, thank you so much for coming along to the um, podcast today. We are really looking forward to speaking to you. Dr. Chris D'Armit, um scientist. Yes, And um, I'm just so excited about talking to you about plastics and breaking down the myths. And I think so many people don't understand the subjects. And I watched your video you kindly sent me on LinkedIn, and it was music to my ears, if I'm being honest. It was brilliant. And I just would like to delve into your research and what you have um, found out, really, and um, how you dispel the myths, and we've got a series of topics to talk about. Um, thank you very much for being on the show.
1: Thank you, Will. Thanks for sharing your platform, so we can get some uh, truth and science to replace the fiction that people believe now.
0: I think that's it, isn't it? I think that's and that's really, really important. Um, I, I guess should we start off with straws? Sure. Um, I, it's the nine-year-old boy, uh, Milo Cress, that, that um, and I actually didn't know anything about him. Um, but so I think that's really interesting so a little boy nine-year-old came up with a 500 million straws that were being used every day in the US mm-hmm. and could you tell us a bit of background about this and what how you found out about this and what's um what's been?
1: I guess as a scientist whenever I see something I always go that extra step and look for the source, right? So if somebody says anything, I go and check, right, well, where is this coming from? Do they cite any science? Um, Is this credible? Most people just believe the headline. But as a scientist, that's not really um, professional for me to do that, right? Before I believe something and repeat it to my friends, I want to check on it. So I checked on the source for the straws. And it turns out that the New York Times and the Washington Post and the everybody else repeated this number that americans are using 500 million straws a day but it was just made up by a nine-year-old schoolboy, um and there was no credible source so everyone repeated this thing because it was sensational without checking the facts
0: and how many straws are used every day
1: nobody has a really good number but i have seen some numbers and they're far lower than that one um so nobody has an absolute number but it's half half that amount or less
0: when we were recruiting for a new job recently, we always ask people, "What's the most, what's the, what's the environmental campaign that you've seen recently that you're most impressed with and most unimpressed with?" Just to get to grips with how people perceive companies and organisations, and it gets us to understand the way where they're coming from. McDonald's comes up a lot right. with regards to plastic straws. Um, do you sit in that camp that McDonald's went going down the paper straw route? it was a good thing or a bad thing.
1: Well, from what I read, they reversed their decisions because they found out that the paper straws um, were not recyclable anyway. So a lot of these things are started by, with good intentions but misinformation. So if you take a paper straw, it weighs two grams, and the plastic straw weighs one gramme. Right, So it's double the waste and it turned out not to be recyclable and it's less green than the plastic straw. If you add up, if you do a life cycle analysis, you find out the paper's worse for the environment than plastic. So you've taken something that was, uh, well, you've taken something which nobody needed in the first place. Let's be honest, right? I don't take a straw, right? That's being green. It's just don't take a straw. The solution is not to demonize plastics, replace it with something that's known to be worse for the environment and then feel good about yourself. Um, So that's what's happening. People are McDonald's and other large companies are forced to make changes because of customer outcry, and then they find out that those changes are actually harming the environment. They're aware that they're harming the environment, but that's what the customers are asking for.
0: And that, and I, I think this starts to go into um, you talk about in your book and um, the video about you can recycle a plastic. Thir- is it, is it thirteen thousand times? I I'm trying to remember now. Um, but almost in- infinite once you've, because um, you can recycle it um, and then you chemically recycle it and that actually brings it completely um, ongoing through recycling, which is something you can't do with paper. And actually, quite honestly, paper that's been used as a straw is, you can't recycle that anyway. That's right. Because it's, um, you
1: know, because it's been food Food damaged.
0: I know there's a better expression than that. <laughs> well, I
1: would say a fair um, number for plastics would be ten to twenty times, just simply remelting and making a new part. That would be a realistic number to take for a normal plastic. Um, and then after that, you could chemically recycle it by taking it back to its starting materials and making new plastic from it. Um, so yeah, the plastic straw. My my daughter used one 100 times in a row she used it for three months and just rinsed it and that was fine but you can't do that with a paper straw so the, okay. the green solution is just to stop being so wasteful and taking things you don't need um but um in the case of plastics um people are being driven away from plastics just because they're being demonized and not for any good technical reason
0: mm, i think it's um and i think that's really important to remember. I, know, I know that a few people that i know also were very much of the there are some people that actually do need straws right? to, and therefore you are, you're demonizing them in some respects as well. And, um, I think it's a really important point to make that. It, and I think that's where it, what epitomizes a lot of the stuff that you seem to be talking about. It is, let's talk about the source. Let's talk about where we are coming from and what the reasons why we are. Um, looking at plastic in the first place right
1: it's good to care about the environment but if we don't get uh, the facts then we end up making crazy decisions that do more harm than good
0: hmm. microplastics is something that you um talk about and microplastics are found in lots of different items now i mean a lot of clothing has microplastics mm-hmm. in. so when we wash our clothes we are told all the time that plastics come out of the clothes um into the washing machine and then through washing machine into the sewers and then found out into the sea um what have you found out about microplastics and
1: uh yeah microplastics is a tricky subject so um i read a lot of articles and i've that's one of the cases where you do see people reporting, you know, clear harm. You see, okay, there's scientific articles saying microplastics are there and microplastics are bad, and I was like, oh, I was horrified myself. So I started reading these articles. And being a scientist, I always check the article. You can't just believe something at face value, right? You have to read. How did the scientists do the experiment? Was it done properly and all that kind of thing? So um, what I found was microplastics is probably the biggest scam area in everything that I read. There are people either willfully faking their results and being busted for it and having to retract what they've said that's actually happened and there's a lot of other people who are basically making the results look scary just so they can continue to get funding and frighten people and and get their name in the newspaper so for example it's very rare for scientists to criticize other scientists but in the microplastics area scientists have come out and said please be professional and do your work properly because this is just um, not credible how you're doing your science so let me give you examples So um, the microplastics you really find in the ocean are polyethylene and polypropylene mainly. So those are like Tupperware Tupperware containers, plastic Ziploc bags, you know, these are safe plastics that we eat food out of. Um, But the experiments that the scientists are doing are not on those plastics. They're doing experiments on plastics which aren't even in the ocean. They're taking polystyrene beads which don't exist in the ocean uh, because you can buy those off the shelf. right? That's very easy for them. They buy those from a scientific supply store and they use this type of plastic which doesn't exist at all in the ocean. So that already invalidates their experiment. And then they've also been criticized for using a million or even 10 million times too high a concentration in their experiments, right? So if you want to tell us something's toxic, You can't use a million times too much of it and then say, oh, the fish weren't happy, right? The problem, it's all dose-related. It's the same as oxygen. If you breathe 20% oxygen like we do every day, you're healthy. If you breathe 100%, you feel good for three minutes, then you die, right? So toxicity is is concentration-dependent. So virtually everything they did in those experiments in most of the papers is just shockingly bad, and they should be thrown right in a rubbish bin. That's how bad the science is in most of those microplastic publications you see.
0: That's really, uh, that's really hard to hear because, um, you kind of, you do rely on that academic research, don't you? I mean, I would, if I'm being honest, I, I would read an article and I wouldn't question it. If it was a journal article or if, even if it, a journalist had quoted a journal, hmm. journal article, I wouldn't question that journalist either. Maybe I should. I, and I agree that that's possibly, but you would hope that, and the, most people right. don't. In reality, and like, do you think that's where it starts to?
1: Well, let right? me give you specific examples, right? A few weeks ago, there was an article that uh, every piece of fruit and vegetable contains 100,000 pieces of microplastic, right? And I thought, holy moly, that's a big number, right? It, it, just the number sounds ridiculously high, right? So I went and read the article, and, and I checked the experimental section, which is nobody else is doing this, right? Nobody's checking to see if the science was done properly. And do you know what they did? They took fruit and vegetable, dissolved it in concentrated acid, and then any particle that they found, they assumed it was plastic, Nowhere in the whole article do they actually detect plastic. So the newspapers are covering there's 100,000 pieces of microplastic in all fruit and vegetables, but this scientific article that they're, they're citing never, ever detected plastic. I mean, isn't that shocking? These things are being picked up and, yeah. and because the shocking news, studies have been done on this too. If you've got something that's really shocking, it travels fast and it travels far, and the truth will never catch up because the truth is much more boring. Right, so that's the shocking thing that we're fighting. I can never win this battle to get the truth out because um, because the f- the fiction is so much more exciting.
0: I've just drawn an analogy with um, back in the early two thousands, the newspapers and the media used to talk about how bad wind turbines were, and I don't know if you remember. They used to used to see these weird depicted pictures of a wind turbine next door to a skyscraper right. and say do you want a wind turbine on your um, doorstep? This is what it will look like. It will destroy your view. And the noise is horrendous. And they would, and it was all just shock media because they knew that if they put it on the front page, that's about that, then people would pick up that newspaper. If you went, actually, studies have shown that birds do fly around wind turbines. More birds are killed, I think, through I think aeroplanes or put, like per, ca- et cetera, et cetera. And actually, wind turbines aren't that bad. And well, that's
1: what, that's what my story is about. It's A, checking the facts and B, giving some perspective, right? So let's say um, Winston Churchill famously said, uh, democracy is the worst form of government apart from all the other ones we've tried. And that's exactly where you come out when it comes to plastic. Plastic and every material causes harm but when you check the science you find that plastic is causing the least harm of all the materials so why would you demonize the material which is absolutely categorically proven to be the greenest option in most cases that's crazy but i want to clarify about the microplastics i don't i'm not in favor of anything being the ocean there are things there they have been detected it is real um it's luckily a lot of safe plastic like polyethylene and polypropylene which don't cause any harm so there are credible scientific studies showing no harm but uh, i'm not in favor of pollution of any kind uh, all i'm saying is let's really make sure that we have the facts before we go off um you know demonizing the material that turns out to be more of a savior than a than a problem
0: because we're told about we're told fish ingesting mm-hmm. plastics aren't we and we're 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 We are educated, in inverted commas, quite a lot about this. And um, that's something that's bad for us, to be eating the fish that has the plastics in.
1: Yeah, so let me talk about that. So that's another area where they've basically... Well, it's just shocking how the science has been done, right? So what they do is they – so the the correct papers, as I was mentioning, they take the correct plastic, right? They take polyethylene and polypropylene because that's what you really find in the oceans. 80 to 90% tends to be that, right? So they take the correct plastic. They check it on the fish, and the fish are happy, right? There's no toxicity because this is Tupperware and Ziploc bags, right? These, these are plastics that we're used to eating out of, right? There's no effect, right? But they're not content with this result. So what they do is they take the plastic. They soak it in poison for like a month then they feed the poison soaked plastic to the fish and say oh look the fish are sick i'm like well you could have done that with anything you could have dipped a sock in poison and put it in the in the in the aquarium you could have just poured the poison in the aquarium so the headline reads plastics release toxins and poison fish i'm like well of course they release the toxin that you've just soaked them with but they weren't but the initial experiment before you soaked them with toxic toxins they were totally safe so this is how far people are prepared to go to get an exciting headline and get more funding and shock people they're literally prepared to soak this safe plastic in poison just to make the, the fish unhealthy
0: mm. it's um um the we're told a lot about the ocean that um the pacific has this island <laughs> this right. island and i've got to say i googled it I actually really did try to find um, and I think in my mind, I knew what it looked like because right. I'd been told about it so many times. And so therefore I knew what I was looking for. And I did Google um, Pacific um, plastic Island, and quite a lot of stuff came up. You could see that different camera angles were used and um, it was, I, I didn't actually find a picture of this plastic right. island. Um, and I'm kind of saying it slowly like that because I don't want, I, I didn't spend hours and hours trawling Google, I've got to admit. Um, so therefore I'm kind of caveating myself. But y- you do talk about there isn't enough plastic in there. And why, why have we funded, you know, there's these mega waste boats that we funded millions and millions right. of dollars on cleaning up the ocean. What is that about if it doesn't exist?
1: Well, that's the funny thing. So scientists have been studying this plastic in the ocean for decades, right? They go back and forth with their ships and they have nets on the back and they collect everything and they weigh it. And they know for every year, for decades, they know exactly how much plastic, how big is it, what kind of plastic. This is not a new thing. So you can say with absolute certainty that... That the how much plastic is in there. And I have a, a web page up which gives the data. And this is not one guy, right? This is multiple research groups for decades. So this is a collection of all the data. The average amount in the ocean is like one small piece, like your little fingernail, per 130 bathtubs of water. That's how much plastic you can expect to find in the ocean. And if you take these gyres, you can swim through them. You can swim through them and you don't even know you're in one. You can sail through one. You don't see anything. There is no, There is no island. There is no floating island. There's nothing to be seen. There is no... Uh, you can't find them by um, if you look from a satellite for example if there was a huge floating island the size of Texas which is what they tell us you would see it but there's nothing there so people have made this up this is a this is an industry is the industry is basically trying to shock people into emptying your pockets right so you you're trying to hoodwink the very best most kind kind-hearted people into emptying their pockets to fund things like this nonsensical ocean cleanup that you just mentioned I mean the um, NOAA calculated the that's the national um, Oceanographics, uh, whatever association they calculated if you had i think it was a hundred ships going up and down for a year you could clean up one percent of the plastic and and of course that would do more environmental damage than the cleanup because you'd have all the diesel burning in a hundred ships for a year going up and down yeah. so these things that they're trying to get us to fund don't make sense we shouldn't be putting plastic in the ocean but we shouldn't be um, making up imaginary patches. They call it a soup. And scientists have literally come out and said, there is no patch and there, there is no soup. This is that's That would be the worst soup you've ever bought, right? Imagine being at a restaurant and you ordered a soup and they brought you a thousand bowls of soup and it was just water. You'd say, well, where's my soup, right? There, there isn't any soup. So all the data's up on my website about this. It's just fiction. I mean, there is plastic in the ocean. It shouldn't be there. That's true. It's coming from 10 rivers in Asia and Africa. But we shouldn't make up fictional islands because I did exactly what you did. I picture a floating island of nets and all kinds of nasty things, which simply isn't there.
0: There is there is actually one picture that's ridiculous. It it's basically they it looks like an iceberg, and it's just plastic bottles. And you do this thing seriously? How does that fit together? Like suddenly they just climbed on <laughs> top of each other. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just kind of looked at it
1: and went. Okay, yeah. that's good. <laughs> that's what—that's what's shocking about this whole thing. I don't mind. I'm a scientist, right? I'm not even mad about the environment, right? I'm just the same as everyone else. I care about the environment the same as everyone. But what I am passionate about is the truth. And I can't stand it that uh, this all began when I found out my children were being taught clear scientific lies at school things which were absolutely 100% disproven and I thought that's not a good way for us to proceed if we teach the children lies they'll be voting for things that make no sense and we'll end up with a a crazy future
0: and I think it's interesting because you and I come um, come from different places but have come to the same conclusions Um, I have always thought that oil is a finite resource I don't understand why we literally burn through it like no tomorrow i would like our great 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 grandchildren etc etc to be able to have the luxury of being able to use oil i've always thought that that's for me a sustainable way to live it's not to go through it really quickly and um i've always viewed plastics as a really good way to hold Whatever as a receptacle, because it can be recycled over and over. It's nice to you've got a slide. You have a slide about um, what's the what's the greenest item, and um, you uh-huh. actually say that wood is, and then that's plastic right. after that. But um, it and it just makes so much sense. What why why are we, you know, just discarding all of this plastic? And I think the crux of it is that we are lazy. We don't want to do ever do something that's hard. And it's much easier yeah, right. to blame others. that's right. Nobody wants to
1: look in the mirror and blame themselves. Yeah. No.
0: And that's the problem that we have with plastic. And I think that's where it all comes from. When when it comes to
1: plastic and oil, there are some misconceptions because about four or five percent of oil is used to make plastic. And what people don't realize is that you end up saving more oil than you used because plastics make our cars lighter. So you use over the lifetime of the car, use a small amount of plastic to make the car and you save a huge amount of petrol, which is oil, over the lifetime of the car. The same thing happens with the house insulation. Use a little bit of plastic to insulate your house with styrofoam or um, polyurethane in the wall and then you gain back way more than that because you're not heating your house with with coal and oil um, over the lifetime of it so people don't realize that plastics only use four or five percent of oil and they actually save more than that four or five percent people are obsessed with the, the the fact that because plastic is made of oil it must be using more oil but it's not true if you were to switch from plastic to steel or Or glass you would be using way more oil and coal because you have to heat those things up to 2000 degrees to make them whereas plastic is processed at a much lower temperature so just because steel and glass are not made of oil doesn't mean that they're not using oil they're using way more oil than the plastic ever would
0: yeah that's i hadn't actually thought about it at all like that i wasn't thinking of the i was thinking of the process that it goes through and how many times it goes through and um i know there's so much research on for example steel and using renewables to make steel which is an incredibly hard process to get it up to you know to get renewables up to 2000 degrees is difficult to say the least it's and well think of the plastic case right you start with oil in
1: a very clean process you can eat your dinner off of these um these factories i've been to factories where they make plastic um it's very very clean so they they make the plastic from the oil. They use all the oil, right? All of it's used. There's no waste or anything coming out of it. And then you use that piece of polyethylene 20 times. And at the end of it, you can burn it and you get the exact same amount of energy out of it as you had in the oil to start with. The exact same amount of heat comes out. So now you've taken some oil, you used it 10 or 20 times, maybe over a period of decades, and now you burn it and it's as good a fuel as the oil that came out of the ground. So this is an incredibly clean and uh, green process when you look at the whole energy cycle of it.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a lifecycle analysis of plastic, and I think that's right. what we haven't done. We haven't actually really thought about everything um, holistically, have we? I mean, plastic bags is something to um, to that. Mm-hmm. The plastic bags tax. What are your thoughts on plastic bags? Well, tax? this is
1: where my um, journey really began because uh, the first thing I did when I was wondering about what lies have been been told about plastics because my children have been taught clear lies, and I thought, well, let's check some of these other things that we all hear in the media. So the first thing I did was type in LCA, life cycle analysis, plastic bag into Google, and I got hits. Right, I got life cycle analyses telling us that of all the grocery bags you can have, plastics are the greenest. Right, so there's been about fifteen life cycle analyses done, Denmark, America. Sweden, Canada, all around the world, Australia, every single life cycle analysis ever done, not by the plastics industry, by governments and by the supermarkets, has found that plastics are the greenest solution for bags, far greener than paper or cotton. They win every single one. In fact, the regular plastic bag is greener than a biodegradable plastic bag, right? So plastic bags that we use now are the absolute greenest, unequivocally best solution. Uh, Like, for example, um, if you go to the supermarket, the plastic bag where I live, is six grams. And the paper bag from the same place is 60 grams. So would you rather go for a material that uses more energy, more water, more pollution, and generates 10 times as much waste? That's the paper bag, right? Or would you rather um, have the plastic bag? And ironically, as you just said, the supermarket is trying to ban the plastic bags. They're proposing to remove them. And I want to I want to meet the president and shake him and say, what are you doing? You're harming the environment by banning the proven greenest solution. And there are other unintended side effects of banning plastic bags so people have studied this every time you ban a plastic bag sales of plastic overall go rocketing up because people reuse their plastic bags as bin liners right so when you ban the plastic bag they don't have a bin liner so they have to go to the shop buy bin liners and those are like three times thicker than a normal plastic bag so you end up selling more plastic because you ban the plastic bag so you're harming the environment and you're actually increasing plastic sales when you do that. It's not helping anybody. <laughs> it's terrible.
0: No, no, no. It's um, it's yeah. It's just not joined up thinking. It's emotional, right?
1: It's emotional. That's what thinking. you do. You you post a scary picture of a turtle or something stupid. like that, and you rely on people's outrage and their gut reaction. But these people who are well meaning end up uh, end up harming the environment, and that's the shocking part of it all. And unfortunately, some of them, it's turned into almost a religion, right? So people are programmed to hate plastics because they've been told this load of nonsense over the last 10 years. So even when you present them with the truth, it's easier for them to just, you know, rebel back and attack me than it is to uh, absorb the, the scientifically proven facts and reprogram themselves.
0: So I, I don't – I'm not – a company, a large um, soft drink company, I actually don't really care about, and I'm not trying to badmouth any names, actually, but um, some of them get a bad reputation for... They're not a um, water company. They're a plastic bottle-making company. Um, now, I, how do we get out of the cycle? Because there is... And I will defend, I will actually defend the, uh, we shouldn't be using so many plastic bottles for water because we, we don't need, we don't need to. I think that it's wrong that we are putting so much normal tap water into plastic bottles when especially in the first world. I couldn't
1: agree more. I I think that Um, we're taking, we're buying products that we don't need and then criticizing the bottle when it's thrown away. It's crazy. I mean, just don't take the straw and don't buy bottled water unless you absolutely need it. Yeah. I agree with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, it's such a tricky one to communicate though, isn't it? Because, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you remember, do you remember Coca-Cola bottling tap water Mm -hmm. in Kent? about uh-huh. 15 years ago and they got, I can't remember what they called what they called the water company and they got massively criticised and they didn't do very well for kind of for obvious reasons really. People would be like, why are you selling yeah. me tap water i always find it odd though Um, (laughs) because
1: people blame the manufacturer but as you just said they propose a product doesn't work nobody bought it and it disappeared and it's the same with coke right if you don't want the bottle don't buy the coke it's it's that simple it seems very strange to me that people take the straw they take the coke they buy the cigarette they throw the stuff on the floor and rather than look in the mirror and see where the problem is they blame nestle or whoever made the coke bottle it's to me it's childish it's very naive and counterproductive thinking to to blame the person that you bought the product from um that doesn't make sense to me we don't do it in any other industry if if somebody leaves you a car line. by the side of the road they don't expect Ford to come and pick it up right um, oh, what, what's what's going on Ford So somebody's left your car by the side of the road come and get it I mean if, if I if I finished with my Levi's, I don't drop them on the floor on my doorstep and expect Levi Strauss to come and collect them from my from my porch and, and take them away and recycle them It's the whole idea is preposterous, but you can drop a candy wrapper on the floor and suddenly you expect Nestle to come running out of a bush and pick it up like it's their fault and it's just not true.
0: People are funny creatures. I remember, and, uh, and I don't think ugh. so. Tesco's was going to open up a supermarket in Bristol. about about five, 10, 15 years ago. And there were massive boycotts. We don't want Tesco's here. We want, we want local shops. We want this. And like there were petitions online, and Tesco's was given a huge amount of grief for setting, for building this Tesco's. And I did read and i don't know if this is true but it was their most profitable <laughs> supermarket to date um, when they had built it and it doesn't really matter if it was the most profitable or what whatever in theory it should have it should have gone bankrupt with the amount of people that were anti it and the fact that it's still around today means that actually people wanted that Tesco's there. So they were fulfilling Well, you've reminded me of two things when
1: you said that. One is their recent survey of British supermarket uh, executives show that they know that by replacing plastic, they're actually harming the environment. Because I always think, how can they do this? They're smart people. They have teams researching. So apparently these executives know that um, they're they're harming the environment by replacing plastic with greener alternatives. But they have to do it because their customers demand it. And then they find when they put it on the shelf, nobody buys it. Because this is coming back to your point. People... People like to think of themselves as better people than they really are. A lot of this, I'm against plastic or global warming or whatever it is people are campaigning for. What they're really doing is saying to their friends, look what a great person I am. What a wonderful person I am. I'm against this thing. Look how virtuous I am. So it's virtue signaling. They don't actually believe in any of these causes, and they certainly wouldn't open their wallets to pay for any of this stuff, but they want to look good to their friends. So that's why you find that people demand things, and you put it on the shelf, and they don't buy it, or they protest against the supermarket, and then you... Put up the supermarket, and they go right there and buy their shopping. So um, a lot of that is um, a lot of that is very misleading. That what people say and what they really believe in are two different things. Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to solve that problem. Um, it's actually it's actually in the book about that virtue signaling. <laughs> it's been studied
1: and how people are out there trying to look good to their friends rather than really really protect the environment. I mean, there are there are genuine people, but um, oh, really? But um, yeah many people are not.
0: Yeah, I can I can see that. I can, that. That makes a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense. Um, and finally, I guess, what would be quite... Do you have... What, what are your views on the... Uh, and this is kind of plastic, kind of not. Um, we were sending a lot of waste to right. China, for example, and China turned around and said, no, we don't want your waste anymore, and... I think we're probably sending it to Thailand now or Indonesia. I would imagine um, we'll just divert it. But um, and amongst that waste is is plastics that we should be like. What 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 are we doing right and wrong? You must
1: you must. Have That's one area on that I haven't really looked into. I know it. Does happen. I don't know to the extent to which it happens. I know it's being regulated against now. So you see a lot of crackdowns. People are not accepting this waste. And to me, I'm surprised that it's economical to send waste anywhere. You have to pay a shipping charge. I mean, you're lucky if you can import. Raw materials and pay the shipping right and afford to pay it. Let alone paying to ship away your waste when it can just go in a in a landfill. So I'm not I'm not quite sure. I'm, that's an area. I'm a scientist, right? So I'm not lobbying for anybody. I'm not going to defend plastics. Yeah. That's not my role. And we're in an area where I'm not yeah. sure, I'll just say I haven't looked into that enough to really have an opinion.
0: Yeah. No, fair enough. I've just just reminded myself of another statistic that you: thirteen percent right. of the household waste is plastic in the US and why would you spend 99% of your time this is in your your words 99% of your time lobbying to get rid of 13% I just I think and you have that and you have a pie chart with all the other ways and you do just think
1: that's what I said about bringing perspective. Why? I mean, I don't mind. We should all be reducing our material. We shouldn't be so wasteful. We shouldn't take a plastic bottle or a straw. That's all fine. I agree with all of that. But it does mystify me. If everyone's goal was truly to save the planet, they wouldn't be focusing ninety-nine percent of their effort and their money on thirteen percent of the problem. Especially when you find that plastic is actually usually the greenest solution and and proven to dramatically reduce waste. Why would you be focusing all your, your effort on the material, which is such a minority and one of the greenest selections you could? Make, And I, I sometimes wonder if the paper industry has borrowed Harry Potter's invisibility cloak because, you know, nobody talks about them. They generate double the waste. They use more water, more CO2, more energy, more everything, more pollution. It's just terrific. It's double the amount of waste of plastic. 25% of all waste is um, paper and cardboard and i've never heard a mention of it in the media Glass is up there i don't know the number 10 or 15 percent. the same with metal nobody talks about it there's literally billions of tons I th- the numbers in the book so don't quote me on this but i think it's billions of tons of um, munitions and nerve gas in the ocean i've never heard anyone talk about it so you can you can google it you can find that people literally sank ships they sank billions of tons of of um you know bombs and things in the ocean and nerve gas toxic weapons all this kind of stuff in the ocean you never and they say look at this it's a lovely natural reef for the for the fish right they treat it like it's okay and 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 that's because it all sinks right what we have to remember is the glass and the metal and the poison and all of that stuff sinks and the plastic's the only thing left floating on the top so that's all we talk about so it's kind of an optical illusion it's fooling us This is, yeah, the whole thing. I want to say one more point to your thing, thing about microplastics really, and fish, which I forgot, um, and that is um, when the when the fish eat yeah. the microplastics. So this is this is how you should do the experiment, right? There are toxins in the ocean, right? So now you put microplastics in the ocean together with the water and the toxins, right? The toxins get soaked up by the microplastic, right? That really happens because they want to be in there; they're soluble in the plastic, and now the fish eats that. And they've studied this, right? And what happens is that that piece of plastic goes right through the fish and the toxin stays in the plastic. So if you look at the whole picture, the plastic is ironically protecting the fish from poison, right? The fish was swimming around in poisonous water, the plastic soaked it all up. And even if the fish were to eat that plastic, it would just pass right through and the toxin remains in the plastic protecting the fish. That's the story nobody ever talks about. And that's all peer reviewed and proven that that's what really happens. So, I mean, I'm not suggesting we sprinkle plastic in the ocean to soak up toxins. That would be kind of going too far. But, but the irony is that the the headline says toxins released from plastic are poisoning fish, and it's the exact opposite.
0: And it's actually the fishing. It is the fishing industry that yeah, fifty percent um, of all the of the plastic in the ocean is coming from the fishing to, industry. It's you know, All nets see, that have been abandoned. Yeah, and we see a lot of whales beached. Um, we and I live in um, just north of Edinburgh. And we've, we had a whale beached in Fife recently, and it w- was yeah. because of the fishing industry. Um, and it's just because they've got big nets. Yeah, they leave the and nets, they do just get abandoned It's shocking. In I, them. Yeah. And, I think
1: there should be a £50,000 yeah. fine if you come back without your net. That would be, that would be another that problem. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Or if we could put research into um, GPS, uh, micro GPS things on all fish. And that means that you can you knew right. where the fishing nets Everyone were. Everyone would be with a, a, I mean, a bit, bit,
1: that, bit that bit chain stuff, so blockchain yeah. stuff, so that you can track who yeah. who uh, had the net. The other thing is that you find a plastic net that um, you know killed a whale or whatever, and you blame it on the plastic. Ironically, and it should be blamed on the fisherman. And you ask yourself, well, wasn't this happening before the nets were plastic? Yeah. I mean, it's not yeah. it's not the material itself, right? It's the fact that somebody abandoned the yeah. net. It's not it's not the material that the nets made of. That's um, that's the root cause. Yeah.
0: Yeah, maybe stop eating fish. We'd actually be better for, better for plastic and the maybe, environment. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't
1: looked into yeah. that. But I know that 50% <laughs> of all no, of no, the plastic no, no, in the ocean, is, uh, it's coming from 10 rivers in Asia and in, uh, in Africa, and uh, the rest of it comes from the fishing industry. So... Um, that's another thing that people in the Western world are being yeah, yeah. made to feel bad, right? So this is how the environmentalists are running a business, right? They come to us. They make us feel guilty. They ask us to empty our pockets. And when you look at the waste mismanagement, none of it's coming from the um, the developed world, let's call it. None of it's coming from the UK or Europe or America. They generate more waste than anyone else, but they're managing it properly, right? You buy a candy, a piece of candy or a, a Coke, and you pay a tax on that, right? And that tax is partially used to collect to put out trash cans, to collect the litter, to process it responsibly. So the the amount of waste that's coming from us is um, negligible, but the green people come after us, right? Because we're the ones with the deep pockets and the guilty conscience. So they make us feel bad so they can get our money. But the problem isn't coming from us. It's coming from other countries which haven't learned to handle their waste properly.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think you you have a picture of a um, beach that is full of, plastic and we've seen you know we've seen them we possibly many people have read the story about the indian guy who spent years cleaning up a beach in his local town and um but it does just come the that that waste. they've done studies on that
1: they've this is the irony of it will if you go to a an isolated beach meaning a beach that people can't get to it's Pretty clean. I mean there's hardly anything there. And if you do find something, it'll be one of these fishing nets, right? So this has been studied. You might find one or two bits of household stuff, but in general they're very, very clean and they've got mainly fishing gear on them. So but these beaches, ironically, are the ones we never see, right? By definition, they can't be reached by people. So we don't you and I would never see a beach like that, right? But scientists study them. On the other hand, the beaches that we see are the ones we see in Greece or wherever where we go on holiday and we see all this rubbish on the beach and we think this is shocking this is coming from the ocean but it isn't it's coming from those people on the beach on the tourists on the beach and that's been studied as well and you can tell that Mm -hmm. because the Mm -hmm. like there are specific places in greece where they use a lot of uh, kebab sticks right so they find tons of kebab sticks on this beach that you wouldn't find in general you wouldn't find anywhere else they're coming from people on that beach and what this is what people do they go to a beach until it's ugly and then they move off to another pristine beach and ruin that one so people are blaming plastic in the ocean but it isn't it's coming from those tourists and that's been proven
0: Mm. Mm. but the whole thing comes back to how we manage our waste and how we manage plastic and how we manage it all and that's what it well that's what we should be addressing right well that's the thing if we start off with all of these
1: misconceptions and outright lies we're never going to find a solution and that's the problem we've seen that governments and and supermarkets are being forced to make changes because of an enraged public but the the public's been misinformed they're fighting for things which are actually counterproductive and harm the environment and that's the biggest irony of this all you can be against plastics or you can be for the environment but you can't be both those two things count. those things are
0: no well i am i'm for plastic and I'm. I've I have actually spent you know pretty much my whole life in environmental management so I can put my hand up and say I'm you know what, I wouldn't even say I'm for plastic I'm just for what
1: makes sense right <laughs> yeah. I mean I, I don't mind I'm, I'm kind of agnostic but in the cases yeah. No, yeah, right, yeah. I mean I clearly say in the book I I've studied mm-hmm. more life cycle analyses I think than anyone I just sent a package of 350 megabytes of them to uh, an expert to uh, to analyze and uh, what i found was that plastics usually the greenest solution but where it isn't i highlighted that in the book if you if it comes to wooden decking or siding or something wood beats plastic right i'm a scientist and that's the truth and so i report it i'm not here to defend plastic i'm just here to get some facts out because what we're doing now is really crazy the more passionate and the more kind hearted you are the more damage you're doing because you're fighting against the greenest material and that's not where we want to be
0: and you very kindly allowed our listeners to download right. your um, full book for free on the website and i think we're going to have yes, I think, a limited time period um, from whatever you point. see this you'll
1: have a week to read that and i'm only putting the time period on because if you don't give people a time period then they tend to not get around to doing things so i'm happy to give free access to the book and the book as i as you know was written without any funding of any kind all of this work was done on my own i'm taking a giant loss and the reason that i'm Providing the book for free is just because I want people to see the truth, so we can start making smart choices. I don't have all the answers, and I don't actually want to present them. But what I want to do is present the facts that smart people can use to get to the right answers.
0: I think it's really, really healthy to have um, you doing this. I think, um, and I, I just think it's so refreshing to listen to someone that is not speaking emotionally. And speaking factually. Um, and I think we need, we do need more of it. And um, so thank you so much for doing what you've done. You, you know, you've invested a lot of time and it's, it's, um, it's been horrible, I, to be honest. This. I mean,
1: I only started so, because thank- I told you my kids were being lied to at school. If I'd have ever known how much work and time this is going to take, I never would have done it. But I'm glad I've done it now because. Um, it's it's changing some people's lives. I see a, i see a shift now on online that people are starting to get behind this now that they've opened their eyes and seen the facts. We're starting to make some progress. So thank you for the opportunity, Will. I really appreciate it.
0: No, brilliant, brilliant. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. And what we'll do is we'll be putting that link up on the website. We'll be putting um, how we can connect with you or our listeners can connect with you on our website alongside um, the Terrific. video that I was referring to and people will see every time I say something in the video or
1: in the book, it's always with scientific references, right? So that's, what's lacking from the other side. They are always presenting things with zero scientific proof and I'm a scientist. So every time I present something, you can go and check it yourself. Mm -hmm. So
0: thanks a lot, Will. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I It was brilliant, wasn't it? I um, I learned loads about plastics. And I think what my biggest takeaway from this podcast was we need to really take control of our own actions and think about what it is that we're buying. Do we need to buy that plastic bottle of water? And what do we do when we dispose of it? we need to be really trying to educate ourselves around the use of plastics and really thinking about the recycling of all aspects of our waste and what is it that can be recycled and should we be using things more and think pragmatically about what it is that we use. I think Dr. Chris Diarmid was phenomenal. And um, on that note... I know that there will be a number of people, if not many of you, that have a number of questions that you would have liked to put towards Chris. Please email podcast at greenelement.co.uk with those questions because we are going to do a follow-up and we are going to ask all of those questions to Chris. So be a part of our plastic journey be a part of the podcast and ask those questions. We are here to ask questions of people. We are here to try and learn and understand how to be more sustainable. So thank you for listening. And thank you so much for being a part of this journey and trying to understand more about sustainability. Thank you. Bye.